You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to discuss what else? A Vikings victory over the Bears, 19-13. to We were just talking off air a moment ago. That was the fourth win in 20 tries. So we're 4-16 the last 20 years at uh, I was about to say Lambo at Soldier Field. And I heard a stat, I think, on 1500 that those three other victories were by three points or less or something like that, which totally makes sense. As Aaron and I were just saying, like, yeah, even last night, it was super grinded out type ugly game. But they got the job done on the road in a big spot where they needed a win to keep this thing going. And, and after that Green Bay game, we were talking, hey, let's get a couple more wins in a row before we can talk about the playoffs. And although we're not going to have a playoff segment that's going to go 20 minutes by any stretch of the imagination, we still got to get past Dallas to get really keep keep this thing going. Um, but we're just going to sit here and be happy. Don't worry, be happy, as the song said. The offense uh, produced when it needed to. Took us a while to, you know, get the run game going, which we assumed would happen. Um, Cousins had a great game. The offensive line blocked fairly well. Sure, not on run block, but once again, you're going against a defense that doesn't allow that. So I thought they did just good enough in spots. The play calling was great in a lot of different ways. The defense, once again, um, only six points. Obviously, they didn't give up the kickoff return. Um, so the defense continues to get better on third down. Those third down blitzes were crazy. We're going to talk all about it. Obviously, we are going to have a special team segment, though. Oh, boy. I mean, last night, the two, last two games, we could have lost those games, like in a normal games, just off. If you have just off those the special teams, if you have two punts blocked, there's a chance. I don't know the analytics, but there's a good chance you're probably going to lose that game. And then there's like four or five things last night uh, beyond that muff kick. But how much credit do you even get him? The guy just dropped the damn ball. So we're going to talk it through, no doubt about it. It's just nice to have a Vikings victory and, and get close to 500, four in five. And, and we'll update you on the schedule remaining the last seven games. Um, it, it's it's doable. It is doable. Now, some people are like, oh, here we go again. We won some games, and now we're just going to fall short of the playoffs. It'll be interesting how that plays out the rest of the year. But with a young team, especially defensively, you know, I, I think it's key to close like we kind of thought they would and to basically get two free agents back on your team next year on the defensive line. You know, and these aren't just run-of-the-mill dudes. So, um, but of course we're going to hear that a lot, but if this is your first time listening to this here Vikings podcast, welcome. 
It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio. It streams live at archives. But, you know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope Radio and, and download the show right there or listen to the browser. You can find this Vikings podcast under the Ropadope Radio podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really almost across the board. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found on Spotify. Last week it wasn't on there because there was a little OneDrive issue um, that just – their systems were down, and that's how I actually delivered the MP3 and got to it a little late so it couldn't get up, but for those wondering about that. Um, but while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. Um, it's football, it's basketball, it's baseball, it's boxing, it's everything in between. And before we get into this Vikings victory, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, maybe you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They have the seven-day free trial. There's no annual contracts. Once you sign up, the plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And just for signing up, you get a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. Here's another layer with a Max package of AT&T TV now. That includes HBO Max and a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11 a month. That's AT&T TV now. Like I said, live streaming cable okay i'm gonna go ahead and bring in my co-host and it just feels good to talk about a road victory especially soldier field doesn't it yeah i mean the rare win in soldier field is really nice to take in it kind of biting your nails there at the end just because of you know all the things that can happen in a vikings bears game at soldier field but you know this just in hot off the presses the bears offense is terrible and it's been terrible for a very long time we try not to think about it because they usually beat us once or twice a year so we don't really take that in but you know you think about your lifetime at least ours we've never really seen a dominant bears uh offense but, you know, in saying that, the defense played really, really well last night. And uh, Zimmer really pulled a rabbit out of the hat and put that together, you know, with, with chewing gum and, and paste. And uh, he found a way to get it done. He's done this for three weeks now. Defense is improving. We said it would improve. And uh, it is. It's going to be interesting to see who makes the cut for next year's defense. And you got the whole Wilson bar debate going on now. Who do you pay? Who do you let go? Uh, Wilson's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. But, you know, another point, Chris, is how good is Akeem Hicks? Talk about night and day for them. Mm. You know, he's been the thorn in our side. I think it proved last night who the real thorn in our side was. We kind of contained, con- con- ah, what's his name? Khalid Mack. Sorry, kind of mm-hmm. stumbled on that. Yeah, but he then, only got uh, a couple times. Yeah, it's true. And, it, you know, he got the interception, but that was more Thielen than Mack. But, you know, it was night and day with Hicks in the game and Hicks out. Uh, it just seemed like that was the difference in the game. And, you know, it, we always try to put our finger on what it is about the Bears that gets us. And I got to say, I think it's Akeem Hicks. Well, and normally they have a good running game. Last year, their offense was mediocre. The year before, though, it was actually explosive because remember, that was Nagy's first year. And they all got all these fancy lineups. Um, but this year, especially the last four to five games, it has struggled. And, and to be fair, before we start running over the, the quarterbacks or, or running over the skill positions, they have been down three starting offensive linemen. 
Um, they got and, and I almost thought they had another one coming back off of COVID, but they did get a, a center back from COVID. But when you lose, imagine this our, our team right now losing three offensive linemen. I mean, we've had our problems pass protecting, but that would be a nightmare if all three of them went down. We've seen that you know when we had six tackles. So, um, yeah, man, that that was that was something. And also, I mean, you know. The key ingredients to beating them was the style of passing, mixing it up, and Cousins on his game. I mean, third down Cousins in that game, going against the number one team against third down, the number one or the second passer rating in, in general, high, or I should say lowest passer rating, and then number one defense on third down. And uh, Cousins was really money on that. I just, I think, you know, we've been messing with this short to intermediate to crossing routes to not everything has to be deep. And man, you've really seen it the last say four to five uh, weeks where they've, they've done a good job of mixing it up. They're still doing the play action of course, but I like how they've done the shotgun as well on certain passing plays. And I mean, offense on third down and defense on third down was awesome. And, and we found a way it took us a while, Aaron, but we found a way to protect our young cornerbacks. Yeah, and, and we got, you know, I think cornerbacks that can play. Uh, Chris Jones has been impressing. I didn't know anything about him until he showed up uh, last week and played pretty well last week, played well this week. Uh, you're right. You're playing a lot of, you know, cover two to cover them up a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see when Cam comes back. Should be this week. If he takes the spot, Boyd's been playing well. You know, do you stick with what's been working? Or do you throw somebody else in there, maybe get a rotation going for once? It'd be nice. But, yeah, got to be impressed with the corners. And, you know, you got to think that's a plus because you, you tell me in the beginning of the season we're going to end up with, with Chris Boyd and Chris Jones uh, coming down the stretch here in the season. And, you know, probably not thinking things are going to be great, but you, Gladney's improved a great deal. Uh, he's really holding down the nickel. You know, out of necessity, I think he had to learn quick, and uh, he really has. I'm not going to say he's better than Mac was last year. We're not there yet, but uh, he's sure improving, and it's nice to see players improve in front of your eyes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it it is it is just nice to to know that we have some returning. But yeah, that's a, like on cornerback, the depth and whatnot. And it's a good point, though. We were young already, but now look at how many people haven't even played some of these games. On to the game, though, the Vikings um, had a nice opening, kind of methodical drive. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. I've going on. There was this play where they had an empty backfield, even though they had two running backs. That was pretty cool. We don't necessarily see that too much. Um, and then on a first down pass. Oh, and that's another thing. The first down passing. I mean, we had several of them throughout the game. I almost thought later that, oh, maybe we shouldn't pass in this one. But, hey, I'll take that type of aggression rather than throwing it 50 yards in the air type aggression. Um, but Rudolph had a, uh, a nice catch and run. Would have been a first down. 
right around that 25, right around the red zone. And we know coming into this week, we we're fourth in red zone. Uh, so it's like, all right, let's get in there. And we, we've been doing, you know, we've been getting points regardless normally. Um, except that Seattle game. But we won't talk about that because we're happy now. Um, no, but uh, Rudolph, it was just one of those things that the ball came loose just barely before his knee hit. It was called a fumble. There really wasn't. You know, any way you could turn that around if it was called a fumble. It was a close call, but it was a fumble, and he didn't really fight too much on it. Um, and that was the first fumble in 137 games. So you knew we were playing in Soldier Field when you see that kind of stat come out. It's like, oh, really? Um, and then Harrison Smith, though, bounced right back out of INT. It was kind of a, a pass that was high and behind. Smith now tied for third most INT since 2012. Um, and, you know, actually, the refs didn't call much for a while. They missed a couple, but at least they were kind of missing it on both uh, sides. But um, little six-play, 41-yard drive. Thielen made a nice one-hand grab uh, to go up seven-zip. And it was kind of like, all right, we, we, we moved the ball. We got into the red zone. We fumbled, but then we got it right back, um, and I felt like, okay, we, we that's still kind of feeling like we scored on the opening drive being up 7-zip. Yeah, it did feel that way, and what a great catch by Thielen. He does that time and time again, make incredible catches. I'd like to see Jefferson get a little bit more end zone action, but you know, you had to be blown away by that, and it was a nice drive. That first drive was, was a really nice drive. It's unfortunate that Rudolph fumbled, and you know, then you go and defense comes in and uh, you're saying, OK, we're up 7-0. Let's see what happens. What what does Chicago have for us in this one? And, uh, you know, th- they kind of got, you know, a little bend and bend and bend there. But then like a Zimmer defense, you know, got in the red zone and you kind of knew it. Now you can kind of expect it. it's going to get tight in the red zone with Zimmer's defense. And they managed to hold him to a field goal, which got, you know, three to seven. You can live with that a little bit more. You kind of see what each team had to offer at that point. And so they go on and, and do that. Jefferson makes a nice catch in the next drive, but ultimately they punt. And then uh, the defense comes back out and uh, shuts them down quick. I think they got one first down, and then it was all tapped off by uh, Wilson with a sack on third down, forced them to punt, and then uh, bring Cousins back out. And, you know, was it Thielen's fault? Was it Khalil Mack? Was it a bad pass? Uh, it was an interception. And uh, I guess I have to tell you that it was probably Thielen there. Ball bounced off his chest. But I got a feeling that ball got there a little too early. And uh, maybe for a good thing, maybe you know Mack would have caught it running and uh, would have been a pick six. But unfortunate pass there by Cousins. I, I just uh... – so the first good thing or the first thing you mentioned about cousin is a bad pass that was in two hands on the ball and actually let it hit his chest and it popped out. I can't put that on cousins. I'm sorry. I just can't. Um, but we did uh, have some good Troy, uh, Troy die who we've been talking about a lot. Like, let's see what he's got. He had a nice blitz. Hercules had a nice blitz as well. And uh, Cousins came out seven for seven, um, hits like in the first half, I think seven different receivers. But this, you know, we started, we ran the ball decently early, like in the first drive or two. But then you could kind of see the negative yards coming out. um, And it was like, oh, oh boy. But 
on this drive, we had three first down passes. I think Cook, Cronklin, and J.J. Um, Cook had a nice little pickup on the third and two, a six-yard uh, pickup, right, you know, lead into the bobble. But, yeah, I think he had it and he bobbled it. I, I really can't put that on Cousins, uh, to be honest with you. I, I just don't see how that was, that was Cousins. But And they got a nice little run off it, too, for a second. And, hey, I'll give Cousins credit because you – well, what do you got? Like Cam, you got a couple other guys that can tackle. But most most of the times, it's like, dude, just don't even try to tackle him. He actually put like a, a middle school hit on his knee, and it went out of bounds. I was like, hey, don't do that again, Cousins. But that was nice. So they did get a field goal out of it. It's 7-6. to six. And I want your thoughts on 50 seconds left, two timeouts. Now, I think four separate times this year we've managed to score at least a field goal, if not a touchdown, in the closing part of the second quarter. What do you think about that decision at that time? We're up 7-6, 50 seconds left, two timeouts. You know, I did have a little bit of thought about it. I guess I, you came out, you ran the ball, didn't go well for you. I think you tried to run it again, didn't go well for you. I'm okay with packing it in and getting into halftime on that. Uh would you have liked something else? Yeah, but do you want to, you know, do you want to risk a turnover or a fumble or something like that in the last 50 seconds? Uh, I was fine with it, I guess, to answer your question. I would like to see us get a little bit more dynamic, though, at the end of halves and and uh, in quarters even would would help a little bit. It just seems like you're kind of selling your offense a little bit short if you're going to just take a knee and go into the half sometimes. Well, especially since we've had success at the end of halves this year. It was a little surprising. I, I'm with you on the first. They kind of felt it out. Hey, maybe we could pop an eight-yard run. But it is kind of funny because we hadn't popped an eight-yard run yet. So it's kind of like, well, they, I guess they were thinking maybe we'd pass. So maybe they think, oh, we'll run or whatever. But I hear you. It was kind of in between. I think it's a good question to bring up, especially, like I said, since we've done it. But in the end, we, did, we ended up not doing it. So you're at the half. Uh, Cousins, 14 of 15, one of them was that pick. Uh, and they came in, like I said, the second highest opposing completion percentage at 60 uh, on defense, too. So you're like, okay, you know, last year, several times we did this, but we actually passed to open up the run later. And we started getting little mini, you can't even really call them chunk runs, um, but it wasn't until, you know, like you said, um, you know, the big guy Hicks was out where we actually picked up a big, big yardage. But you're, I liked how, Aaron, though, we kept trying to run it, though. He still had 14 carries. We threw the ball six times, buck 32, but we still had actually 15 carries with Matson having one. Now, 32 yards isn't the greatest, but I like that they didn't just go away from it because we know we're not going to sit there and slang it 50 times and act like we're going to have – a great pass protection, but seven first down passes too, which I thought at half, it made me feel pretty good considering, okay, we, we've turned the ball over twice in the red zone because that that uh, that red zone uh, turnover was still at like the 22-yard line. So you both them in the red zone. How did you feel? Obviously, you know, it felt a little weird the next, the first play of the opening, uh, <laughs> you know, half, especially with Patterson, right? Of course he's going to do that, but – How'd you feel in general at half with a one-point lead, knowing that we had messed up? We should have had 
at least six to ten points. And that's not saying we're going to score twice, but, you know, at least two field goals or a touchdown on a field goal. Yeah, I think you nailed it with the, uh, you know, you got to keep trying the run. You can't give up on it, especially with the way this offense is playing. You got to have the play action. You can't have the play action unless you're trying to establish the run. And I think they were so keyed in on Cook that they were going to make Kirk beat you. But you also have to take, okay, what is Kirk good at? What can he do? What is too much? What is not enough? You got to kind of gauge where everything is at. And you just keep pounding it. And sooner or later, it's going to break. If you wear these guys down long enough in the run, I think you could pop something. And they did pop something eventually, I think, in the second half. But that was a really bad holding call. In fact, I think on the big run, that was a good holding call. But some of those holding calls that we got, I think there was three calls in the game or something. Two, two out of the three were terrible holding calls, but that's a story for another day. And, you know, at six, seven at the half, I thought we could have done better. Uh, you know, we could have had an, at least another touchdown there uh, yeah. with the Rudolph drive in the first drive that just kind of, you know, turn the ball over. That's what you're going to get. And it was a pretty prototypical uh, Soldier Field Vikings first half there. So I didn't really have a thought either way except for, Uh, I'm glad the defense is playing well. They haven't scored on it. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. D.C. police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. And uh, let's continue to go. I'm mean, really defense focused on this in in this season. I really think the offense has got skilled players, and uh, if we keep it like this, we should score some points. But I want to see that defense improve. And so far, I've seen it improve by leaps and bounds uh, from where it was week one to where it is now. And uh, you know, makes you wonder what a training camp would have meant to these guys. It's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, yeah, like a full-on, not after your what would normally be your first exhibition game, you're just putting pads on. Um, and we've definitely seen that when we're going to close the show with the Gophers. You know, that that's hurt us a lot, too, the spring and, and not a full camp. But Patterson, so I had this like, okay, dude, we're doing pretty good. Like you said, the defense is there. <laughs> so if we can get some running, get, okay, we're doing 105 yards. It's just like really, and now he's tied. For kickoffs, anyway, we know Devin Hunter's number one when it comes overall, or Hester, but uh, seven or eight of them now career, so he's tied for the the lead uh, all all time. So there you go, Patterson. I can't believe he's up to like 235 now playing fullback too, and he kept his speed. That was pretty crazy. Um, but and did you see? Sorry to interject, but did okay, you see sir? Zimmer? Did you see Zimmer chewing ass after that fucking yeah. thing happened? Jesus, I've never seen him do that. If I'm he that special really team did. guy, I'm up all night. If I'm that special teams coach, I got to do something. Because that guy, I haven't seen Zimmer chew ass like that. It was good to see because I think it needed to be done. Our special teams have been atrocious. I don't know if we want to get into that now or save it for another segment. But, man, that was just the cherry on top for him. I think he just blew a gasket and he just let him have it. I've just never. It was great to see, but I, I just wanted to point that out because I've just never seen Zimmer just full on. He'll say it under his breath or point at somebody or throw an arm yards. up. Yeah. Right. He'll say it to the he walked down the, yeah. He walked down the he sideline him. and just let him have it. He said, look, I only got one good eye, but even I can see 
you know, he was pissed. <laughs> that was that was funny, dude. I saw a bunch of replays of that on memes and stuff like that. But yeah, it felt like okay, well, we had our chance with those. We should have about ten or, or, or about ten points more. We had our chance there, and now there's a touchdown, and somehow they're gonna fucking pull this fucking thing off and just do it the ugly way. And it really, it did really feel like that, man. It, it really did. Um, yeah, it was Jeff- really deflating. It was. Because you just go, this, oh, this is how it goes. This is what happens. You know, but then the defense comes out, you know, holds them up. They, or no, offense comes out. Pretty, you know, one first down, three and out, go to punt. Uh, Bears guy muffs the ball and the gift wrap a, a nice little possession for us there. Yeah, definitely. Jefferson made a nice catch on that third and eight, too. Uh, but we just couldn't stretch enough. Couldn't fit it in there. Cousins a little high on that ball. Because um, Thielen got one hand on it. Almost got a second to keep that drive going. But you're right. And that's where it's like, so that's the positive special teams right there? The guy just dropped the ball and we picked it up? Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing, right? But uh, unfortunately, we didn't cash in. Um, we had a first down pass. Uh, and, and this is where Thielen had, he even said it, uh, was it today? The re- I don't know, but he had two hands on it. The corner made a good play though. He knocked it off, but you know, when you have two hands, my thing was the upper body. This guy can make so many catches, but like he doesn't move his whole body towards the ball to say it's my ball, but he had two hands on it, but I got to give, you know, the, the ball could have led. He didn't want to lead him too much because there's a safety, but he could have let him. Um, feeling, feeling could have just grabbed the thing because he had two hands on it first. But I got to give credit to the cornerback too because that was a good play. Um, but there was, a, I mean, a pass interference um, off off Rudolph too. Uh, there was a couple calls where you're like, oh wow, we weren't calling him. Now we're calling everything. Oh, we didn't call that though. Um, so we ended up, you know, long story short, uh, you know, ten to thirteen, and then three and out. 13 to 13, have a nice little drive. Uh, I would have liked to seen, you know, a little bit more in there, obviously. But a third, like even like the, they were starting to get sacks and pressure defensively, just to turn it defensively for a moment. Um, and Harrison Smith on a third down, kind of volleyball, spiked the shit out of this this ball uh, to get him off the field. And, and and like I said, we you know we went down there, tied it up. Uh, at 13 to 13, uh, there was a good first down pass to Rudolph off of a penalty that we had. Um, there was a man. We remember we had that 35 yard run, and then Rudolph held. And I actually did think that where you look at where his his hand was behind the pad, they're probably going to call that. Um, but that was the first penalty of the game right there, which is crazy. Um, but you know it is what it is. It, it was kind of like oh we're finally breaking through on the run. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Um, but, you know, no big deal there. We ended up tying it up 13 to 13 with two minutes left. And that was uh, that 53-yard catch on a third and 11. The third down on offense was phenomenal. But he got stopped short of a first down. They had it covered up. They tried to kind of dump it eight yards or so and see if Jefferson can break a tackle. It was tough because there, there wasn't much uh, there. But I did notice, you know, that – that third down, that's when you saw Hicks limping. And I didn't know what it was, but once I heard hamstring, 
I thought, okay, hold on now. Big dude hamstring, he ain't coming back. But then Kedricks went down for half a second. I'm like, no, no, no. But it was just him, you know, the the wind knocked out of it. Um, DJ Wanham forced a punt with a sack. And then all of a sudden, the largest gain of the night, eight-yard run. And Cook goes down a little bit. I'm like, oh, he just landed on the ball. He was grabbing his his groin there for a second. I thought, oh, dude, tell me this isn't happening right when we get Hicks limping off the field. But you're so right about that. I actually got the numbers after Hicks left. Left. It's pretty freaking telling because then all of a sudden it was. I think it was a 14-yard run was the longest, but that was on a third and 20. You know what I mean? So that's the one we didn't pick up. But really, eight yards was the longest, but. So 96 yards that the fourth quarter running helped a lot too, but 57 of the 96 came after Hicks left the quarter. So like you said, that, that has been uh, the nemesis, but at 13 to 13, two minutes left of the third, where is your head, sir? Well, you're glad they fought back in it at that point. And uh, you didn't really know which way it was going to go. Although I thought the defense was, was up to the task. Uh, that ball that Kirk threw to to Jefferson, fifty some yarder. That was one of the better balls I've ever seen Kirk, you know, Kirk throw. Uh, that thing was on a dime and it was a laser, and right to Jefferson who managed to get some yards after the catch. So that was probably one of the plays of the game there. Well, Hicks was the difference I thought a little bit there. So I was thinking, okay, with Hicks out, but then I, you know, we got to see. You know, the death of our season twice in that game. Uh, one, when Kendricks went down, I thought, this is not good. And you could see Zimmer's face. He was not happy about it. Thank God Kendricks came back. And then when Cook goes down, you go, okay, well, that's the other side of the coin. If he goes down, we're done too. So you got to kind of get scared for those two guys and for that squad. But thank God they both came back. And, uh, you know, so I was a little worried. You know, I wanted to make sure that could see cook run well. So I knew there was nothing going to linger. Apparently he just got, you know, we all know what happened to him on that play. Right. So that, you know, you're, you're definitely out for a couple, a couple snaps <laughs> uh, when that happens. But uh, so I was feeling good about it, but at 13, 13, you know, you got to go with the ghosts and the demons and the curses oh. and all this stuff. And you're not quite out of the woods until you're out of the woods. Uh, so I wasn't feeling great, but then, you know, go three and out, get a punt. Hercules makes a good play. He's really showing up lately. They kept getting his weight wrong because he put on about 30 pounds since he was 250. So he's about 279 right now, 280. But nonetheless, uh, he, you know, he's showing up too. We're starting to see the rotation. You're still not seeing Lynch, which is bothering me. But, you know, if you can get – Well, he was – wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. If he was, then I'm not so bothered, but I would like to see him a little bit more. But he's not healthy. He's not healthy. But you start to see the defensive line. Now, the point you said at the top of the show about there having three linemen out, that makes a difference. Uh, why we've got a pass rush, you know, why things. So I'm not going to say all's, you know, rosy with the uh, defense, but, you know, you can only play who's lined up in front of you. And I thought they played well. Uh, so, you know, offense comes out. They punt again. Now I'm starting to get a little worried because – uh, after Thielen gets the touchdown, we're up 13-19. We missed the extra point. Of course we missed the extra point. Little snappy. Just the perfect. <laughs> we'll lose by one. I mean, that's what I'm thinking there. Yeah, key play, too, when we got that holding call, which was bullshit. Um, you're correct there. Then, like they said, that other holding call, you know what? Cousins would have picked up about five yards, and that's what it looked like was going to happen. But uh, 
what's his toes, the left guard. Then he did hold later in the play. It's like, dude, we already got the pickup. We, I mean, 15 yards is great, but we don't need that. We weren't going to run Kirk down the field a bunch. Just let us get that five yard. But it was first and 20. And when you're backed up, you're always thinking, oh, we're playing a great deal. Oh, here we go. But Rudolph right away caught that ball and kind of ran through a couple guys and got it. Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. In good position, good third down, uh, uh, actually a first down throw again to um, Jefferson, and, and Cousins kind of got outside the pocket. And that was another thing. They gave him, like you said, O'Neal did a great, great job. Sure, they played the highlight of him getting trucked and picked up and all that, but he really did a good job because I noticed it was like we're, we're starting to contain one side for sure. So it's kind of like you're starting to see Cousins go, okay, it's coming from there. I'm just going to get out right away instead of having it going around him. And then you're like, oh, God. And then we know he's screwed. Um, and then Thielen, obviously, red zone Thielen, 20 to 20. You know, from the 20 to 20, it is uh, Jefferson and then Thielen made a nice little play. But, man, I'm all happy. And then the freaking – that low snack, dude. But look at these numbers, dude. Before their little eight-yard pickup – oh, by the way, that what they take another – Oh, that was a punt that they had the 39-yard punt with five minutes left return. It's like, oh, here we go. But negative – dude, in the second half, in the second half, uh, there's 10 minutes to go. So that's about 20 minutes of football. <laughs> negative two yards before that eight-yard pickup. <laughs> it's just like, holy crap. And like you said, Hercules had a nice little ta- uh, tackle for loss. Um, they did miss – that hand to the helmet, but like I said, they missed the the clothesline, um, you know, early in the game on Cook. So that was kind of that was kind of you know weird. But here's the thing: when we got the ball back, and it was like, all right, time to burn some clock. We passed on first down, and the clock stopped. A little bit later, Cook runs for a first down, but then runs out of bounds. And I'm like, what are we doing here, guys? And actually, that's where that old took place I see in my notes could have been a five or six yard pickup instead of 15 but Dakota Dozier had like the, the first part he wasn't holding but it did seem like he held a little later um, so that kind of sucked but I was kind of like all right we've been passing on first down I like it but to me kind of feels like let's start running the you know uh, Hicks isn't in the game you know yeah yeah, you're exactly right. Run the football. You've had success now that Hicks isn't in the game. Continue to do that. And then we're, you know, we're fingertips away from losing that football game, you know, to Anthony Miller over the over the middle when, uh, you know, they try to go on fourth and nine, and they're just inches away from it, you know. And I saw that ball go into his hands, and I'm just like, okay, that's it. They're at the, you know, probably at the seven, eight-yard line. And, uh a deflated team probably would have let him in there. And then, then that mix that missed extra point comes into play. And, you know, it was all set up for that kind of heartbreak. Uh, you know, got the crooked number. Uh, and so when you should have 20, you know, you're up by six 
it's just there for the taking. And uh, thank God they missed that fourth and nine. After that, I felt a lot better about life. But yeah, I mean, they took a shot and and they didn't make it. But had they made that, it, you, you know, you're looking at a way tighter ball game. And you, I don't know if this team can, you know, come down the field in less than a minute. At the end of the games, because we've done it, you know, in the in the second half. Exactly. Not, not much in the in the end of that. But although I did feel decently confident that he could do it on this one, um, just because the main man in the middle was out. But it, with two minutes left, 196 to 14 still. I mean, that was crazy. You had Gladney had that third down tackle for loss. DJ Wadden almost had a tackle for loss, like a nine-yard thing. It probably it had been like four, fourth and 18, and he missed that tackle. It's like, oh! But like you said, it, um overthrow from Miller he overthrew Graham in the red zone earlier in the game too but when it's all said and done they got the job done 19 to 13 like you said it's only our fourth victory in the 2000s at Lambeau Field so we just gotta soak it up um ton of stuff when it comes to just you know, fun little oh wow but check out this special teams blunder this is Sam Ekstrom or Ekstrom on uh, Twitter, the blunders, big and small. Uh, remember that dude fell down at the one-yard line when it was a punt? Patterson housed it. Uh, K.J. Osborne nearly muffed that one. I forgot about that one. Of course, the low snap, uh, the thirty yeah. or the 37-yard punt return later, uh, the line drive kickoff. I forgot about that, too. The line drive right to Patterson. is like, whoa, whoa, dude, we got to at least have time. And then the touchback. Yeah. With under a minute to go, we freaking kicked the thing in. The, it's just like, wow, dude. Like, we really have to get this tightened up. And is it well, confidence? Is it this? Is it that? I mean, with the low snapper thing, we got, we got that, the snapper problem. But and he even said, well, sometimes he's good, sometimes he isn't. Well, I don't know, dude. But we this is two weeks in a row where you can look back at these games and analytically, like I said earlier, there's a good chance you lose these games when you fuck up this much on special teams. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, like you said, you kind of brought up or hinted at the two block punts the week before. Now, that'll get under Zimmer's skin. You know, his defense makes a stop, and you're going to give up field position like that on a block punt. So we've definitely got these problems on special teams. And, you know, I don't think they've ever been more glaring than they kind of are. And now there's something up there. I don't know if it's personnel or or things that they're doing or not doing. But uh, it's got to get fixed. And like I said, Zimmer made it pretty damn clear on the TV broadcast that I wasn't happy about it. And, uh, you know, I, this guy's got to wonder if he's going to wake up tomorrow with a job. I mean, Zimmer doesn't really handle disappointment that well. Ask a few people, yeah, especially well, with special teams, dude. <laughs> yeah, ask John Filippo and, uh, Danny Carlson, mm. how, uh, how he handles that. So, we'll do it on the air Mac. <laughs> no, you're not getting on the, the tarmac. Plane. Yeah. No. <laughs> Take your luggage, call a car. You're not yeah. coming back. Just, you know, feel it. Which is, I love it, man. I mean, I'm really impressed overall just to surmise the game. To me, it's always nice to win in, in Soldier Field. It's nice to execute, have very few penalties. Uh, so you had some penalties that cost you, but I don't know what those refs, I think they just wanted to get home because they weren't calling anything. And, uh, you know, so that's always a good thing to help you out there, I think. But, you know, Zimmer... And this coaching staff, I think, really sat down on the bye week and said, you know, what can we do? What what do we need to change? Uh, you see a vast difference in both offense and defense and philosophy 
coming out of the bye weekend. You got three wins in a row. Uh, so obviously it's been successful. Like I said earlier, you have a couple linchpins there that if you don't have those two parts, uh, the season and all your hope can go away pretty quick. And that's you lose Eric Kendricks, you're going to have a problem. You lose Delvin Cook, you're going to have a problem. So as long as those two can uh, stay healthy and produce, I think we're in pretty good shot for the next games coming up. But like I said, that puts you really in a vulnerable position when your whole season kind of goes on the success and the health of a couple of players. So that's my worry uh, going forward. But great win. Knock on wood. I mean, Jesus Christ. Knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. No, we do not want that to happen. But, you you know, you got to – it is what it is. Uh, You know, I think Kendricks is probably a little bit more replaceable than Cook because Cook is just kind of the engine that's pushing the whole thing right now offensively, where I think Kendricks is more – the glue of that defense. I think you can probably get, you know, move Wilson to middle linebacker, fill the other spot and probably play pretty well with some adjustment. But I think I Cook is really the thing. And yeah, but Hen, I mean, he's one of the best middle linebackers in the entire league. So you're going to feel a huge, huge thing. But dude, with the running game, we got, remember when we talk about some of these games, we just, we know you're not going to get a buck 30 or buck 80. We just need enough. And look at this, dude. Three career games before this, Delvin Cook, 34 rushes, 86 yards. Uh, that's what he came into the game, you know, into these Monday night games um, with. Like, it's been ugly. And, and you could just chart since Zimmer's been here um, in the wins and losses. So here are the losses in, when it comes to uh, yardage for rushing 96. 57, 22, 63, 40. And then we had a buck 74 last, you know, week 17 when we didn't have our, you know, they had some guys missing. We didn't have our starters. So they did end up running the ball really well on them. But I don't think Hicks was in the game. And, you know, that type of thing. So that really doesn't count. But the wins, this is the lowest rushing count with a win because the wins have been 121, 147, 129, 124, 159, 147. And obviously all of them. Um, you know, at home, those two, by the way, or maybe just one of them. No, I think they're at home. But I mean, it, we rushed just enough and the red zone. Now we're up to sixth in red zone, um, which is pretty dope on defense. So now we're top almost five in both categories. And Jefferson just keeps piling it on. Uh, ties Randy Moss for the most, you know, 100 yard receiving games as a rookie. And we know he didn't play much. Uh, Jefferson ranks in the first two games just to finish that off. He ranks fifth all-time in rookie receiving by a Viking uh, 748. And that that was actually, I think he caught one more ball. Cousins, though, 25 of 36, 292, a touch and a pick. 10 of 11 for two touchdowns on third down. And remember, they were the number one team on third down. He passed uh, good old Warren Moon. I love me some Warren. He passed Warren Moon six time, uh, sixth place uh, Viking uh, all time for completions. And good old Wade Wilson's gonna be next probably next week. But more on Jefferson. There's only two receivers over uh, analytically 90 as far as against press coverage. Uh, one of them is Devontae Adams. I heard he's pretty good. And the other, you know who? That's Jefferson. 
And if you look at it, after now week 10 is done, we currently have the fourth easiest schedule remaining for the last seven weeks. It's, it's, a, it's basically like a 44%. And obviously that changes, you know. But um, that's a good news. And the Bears gained 70 yards of office in that open quarter. And that was basically it, dude. I mean, they ran 50 offensive plays for 149 total yards. And, yes, we know they were they were missing a lot of offensive line. That, that shit hurts. But still, it's just it's fun to read some of these stats when it's the other way around. Um, so, but I got to say, um, you know, you got to give Cousins some credit for this one, right? Yeah. One word answer. <laughs> I love it. Here's something yeah. else, though. Here's something else. This was no, an I, interesting tweet. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, on on Twitter here, and I actually kind of mentioned this earlier of, of kind of just thinking about it. And this is the tweet. I'm rooting for the Vikings to make the playoffs, but if they fall short, that doesn't mean winning games was pointless. Building a winning culture. Um, and playing well as a team trending in the right direction is more valuable than, let's say, five or ten spots or eight spots up in the draft. Where do you sit on that? Because, like I said, we've seen improvements on this defense, right, like we've been mentioning. But we have two free agents coming back that we already have signed to our team, and one of them's the best edge rusher in the game. The other one is a plug in the middle. I mean, the corners are going to be back. We may even pick up a free agent corner how do you feel about that one? Because we know if we don't make the playoffs, this is going to be a big, big thing. Is there something to say if they – listen, they make a run, they improve as a team, the winning culture, the confidence. Miami did it last year, finished nicely, and now they're having a good season. Well, what do you think about that tweet? Um, first of all, I did do the one-word answer on purpose. Yeah, played well. And I will give him credit for the win. And for playing well, uh, I do have my reservations, as I've made very clear on this show. But if you well, we're not talking your, about your reservations, we're talking about Cousins in this game. Cousins in this game played very well. Caveat: they're they're making the game plan perfect for him, which might be a, a definite plus. Um, so he I think it's very ran. easy. He threw to run though. We threw to run like we did last year. Eight yards, the best six teams. yards, seven yards, yeah. I mean. So that doesn't count. So Tom Brady didn't make a career out of that before Randy Moss came? Like, come on, dude. Give him a little bit more credit. I said, man, I'm giving him credit right now. He played well. He played well. It's he like one of his well. best games as a Viking. And he won on Monday night. So he got rid of all the haters as far as Monday nights go. Um, you know, it just, yes, he played well. And I hope he continues to do so. But there's always that cousins. But there's always that cousins that returns at some point. Oh, but that's the, that we can talk about when that happens. So you know, you got to give credit when it's credit due. I've done it like four times already. Yeah, but last year didn't even doesn't even count to you. I'm not talking. Well, you're right. It doesn't. Exactly, and that's my point. But let's not. Okay, let's back not, to your winning culture. What, what do you think about that? Because you know damn well, Aaron. That's what we're gonna hear in about five six weeks, right? Right. So, yeah, I mean, it comes down to the question of, you know, does the middle help you? Let's say you go to playoffs and you lose the first game. Does that help you win a Super Bowl? 
you know, that's the real question. I think the Wild, uh, the Minnesota Wild, are kind of in that spot too. Does being good help you win a Super Bowl? Uh, yes, of course, you develop a winning culture. That's very important. You don't want a bunch of guys thinking they're losing every year. Look at the New York Jets. Uh, so you want to develop that culture. But the way the draft system is set up and all that stuff, being 9-7, and 10-6, and 11-5, it doesn't really help because it drops your, your, your draft value. Now, there's ways to it, and I think we've done a pretty good job with UDFAs and you know uh trading picks and so on and so forth to uh kind of mitigate always picking it between 15 and 30 but at some point i think it does behoove you especially when you're going to need a quarterback at some point that you go and get a a a higher pick now does it have to be this year no it doesn't have to be this year it can be any year but you're going to need unless you just depend on some kind of dumb luck especially because you know we could do a whole show on this this is not the show but we really don't know how to pick quarterbacks. There's nothing out there that's a science or a you know a reliable way of knowing if a quarterback from his college play is going to be good in the You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. NFL. We've seen guys that were phenomenal in college be crappy in the NFL. We've seen guys that are crappy in college be good in the NFL. So there's no exact science for that. So, you know, you got to take, I think you take one every year. Nonetheless, to get back on the point, this all leads to the fact that is winning culture worth more than a higher draft pick? I think so. I think you make a good point. I think just the attitude in your building, your franchise, the look of it, uh, helps out Especially a lot. what we're doing with it on defense, you know? Sure. But every once in a while, I think you got to kind of, you know, you can't always be middle of the road. You're either going to have to be very bad one year or very good one year. It's going to have to happen. But to win a Super Bowl, I don't think, you know, finishing nine and seven helps you much. But would we, like, we talked about those high top five quarterbacks, top 10 quarterbacks a couple weeks ago. Well, if we're eighth, we're still not going to get the top two rated quarterbacks. So, you know, now does that pay off down the line, uh, you know, in, in picks? Sure, no doubt about it. But we got Jeff Jefferson was the fifth receiver picked, you know, lower in the first round. So I think it's just something to, to look at. And, and I think that it it kind of matters the year and what our team's looking at. And I we know this is retooling. We just didn't know if it was full rebuild. Well, I think it's safe to say it is kind of a retooling, not a full rebuild. And to add what we can add and to develop what we can develop, I think I agree with that tweet this year, but I'm not yeah. just overall. You know what I mean? Speaking of, uh, well, we talk about Dink and Dump cousins, right? Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown, big explosive plays with running games, by the way. They combined for 14 20-yard receptions. You know who has 14? Our guy Jefferson. I hate. I'm not trying to hype this guy too much up, the Jefferson, but uh, he is. He this guy we hit on a pick too. Delvin Cook 
leads the NFL in total TDs. Thielen is tied for third. He's still on track for 1,000 yards. He may not have as many catches as he had in the, in the past, but, he's, dude, he's getting a ton of touchdowns. He's not usually Mr. Touchdown. So I kind of like how Thielen's just kind of blending his way into this. One more little news of note. It was kind of strange that Elfline came back, mm. and we know, you know, he's better than Samoa, so or Samia, and, and we got rid of him. And now Samia's got freaking COVID. But we did bring back good old center guard who we never play, Brett Jones. He has been signed to the 53-man roster off the practice squad. And, of course, he takes it for Drew, who's going to be on there for, uh, you know, so a little time there. But that that kind of – not that I love Alfline. We've been destroying him, no doubt. But death-wise, it's like, ugh, I mean, shit, you know? Kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm like you on the Jefferson thing. I, you know, I'm I'm holding back. But it gets harder and harder to do every week, you know. But I don't want to be – you're hearing all this stuff, best receiver in the NFL, best rookie receiver. You know, they got a guy, Chase Claypool, who's doing pretty good too. But, uh, yeah, I'm holding back on it. But like I said, it gets harder and harder every week to uh, not put him in, in in that ring of honor, so to speak, of Viking receivers. He's a rookie. It's very hard to do that. You know, we're old, old men. We want to hold on. Let's see what he does next year. Let's see if he can get through the year uninjured, you know put the brakes on a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he keeps impressing. And the thing about the Elfline thing, you know, I got a feeling it was, you know, we're, you're losing your spot. Well, fuck you. Uh, I don't want to play here. Okay. We'll cut you. I mean, that's, that's how I think it went down. I have no, no sources, no nothing on that, but it just makes sense that probably got a little heated and, and some things were said, but you never know. Maybe they just said, okay, we don't want him anymore, but I was surprised that they let him go, especially for depth. Like you said, because uh, now you're down to Brett Jones. And I don't really think you can count Drew Samia's depth. Really disappointed with that guy because I really thought, you know, I really thought he was going to be a player we could use. I was really high on him in the beginning of the season. But, you know, you can change it around. He's a young player. But as of now, not adequate at the guard position. So I was surprised to see them cut at Elfline. Yeah, like you said, just depth in general. We've had so much weird stuff at the guard. We might as well tighten that up. Um. Anything else before we get to this year Dallas Cowboy game, sir? No, man. So this is a weird game, don't you think? I mean, got maybe Andy Dalton, a totally different Dallas Cowboy team than you know we thought we'd get at the beginning of the uh probably a little better offensive line, so it'll be a good test for our defense. See what you know what they're really made of right now as far as creating pressure and so on. Um Got them at home. Uh, they're really struggling. Uh, they got a great little rookie receiver there too, C.D. Lamb. So it'll be a little test for the corners. You know, that's the second half. You know, watching Zimmer put a little bit more trust in his corners has been pretty interesting to see. Um, I know he likes Chris Jones. And, I'm, you know, I'm really excited, like I said earlier, to see next year and, and who makes this squad after all this time and who we keep. It's going to be a really interesting training camp. Uh, just to see a lot of young players get some playing time and how they fit into the roster will be interesting to see. But, um, you know, Dallas is now, you know, in a vying spot for top draft pick. And I think that's something that they probably want to keep their eye on. The season's sort of over for them. I don't think a, a win against the Vikings makes a hell of a lot of difference to them. Uh, you know, but like I said, it's a pride thing. Um, you know, offensively I think we can do sort of what we want what we have been doing 
uh, running the ball, you know, short passes, uh, controlling the clock, I think is the biggest thing of that. And uh, playing good defense. Special teams is a thing we've really got to work on. All the attention it needs this week. And, uh, you know, I'll make a pick on it just because I don't have a hell of a lot to say about this game. It doesn't seem like it's uh, nothing but sort of another win for us. Uh, You know, if all goes well, we should win this game. I think we'll be favored. Uh, You probably have the line on it. But I'm going to go with uh, we win 28-17. I think we can score on them, and I think we could probably shut them down enough uh, when really all they have is Zeke. And we've done really well against Elliott in the past. And uh, Dalton can beat you, but, you know, he's probably a little rusty coming off an injury. So I don't see a lot of great things coming out of Dallas. But, I mean, hey, if he gets his CD lamb and he burns our corners, that's a possibility for them to put up a lot of points too. But I just don't really see that happening. So I'm going to go 28-17 Vikings on this one. And just a little update on Dalton, which, you know, I was kind of hoping that we'd get that back up. But, you know, it's the Vikings, so they, they come back. They'll come back concussion right now. So he suffered a concussion October 25th. Um, in that Washington football game, uh, he was placed on, you know, the, the, the concussion reserve COVID thing till November 3rd. And he said that, you know, he's returned to practice. He's still, uh, he's not quite finished with the return to play rules for concussion, but good old, uh, McCarthy said he looked pretty good out there. You know, uh, we got to put some pads on him first though. He's running around there in shorts and I don't like guys in shorts. Uh, that's a direct quote. Um, yeah, the defense is – they've been real steady the last chunk of years. It is really, really bad uh, this year. They're giving up 32 freaking points a game. And obviously once Dak's gone, because he would always just – like you say, you could see, well, they're averaging 300 yards, 309 passing yards, but that's obviously on the season. And most of that was Dak going crazy early. They were – most of the time behind in games and he tried to bring them back. Um, so I think you're right. I mean, they're giving up a buck 57 on the ground. Um, so I assume we're going to be able to run really well. I am a little afraid of the big, you know, we're still giving up the big, we didn't give many this week. Of course they, they dropped one of them. Um, the, but the big pass plays is a little frightening. Um, when they've been playing decent to good teams, Arizona 38 to 10, Washington, which is neither what I just mentioned, 25 to 3, Philly 23 to 9. That's a rival, but 24 to 19 was Pittsburgh just kind of looking ahead to the next game or saying, ah, eh, this is you know they don't even have Dalton. We're gonna we're gonna run over them. They ended up losing the game, but Vikes are a seven and a half point favorite, which is something we haven't said this year. 48 over under. Um, so, yeah, I have it uh, 30 to – what did I put down? 30 to 20. 30 to 20, I think. Yeah, 30 to 20. 30 to 20 Vikings victory um, in the next couple of games are at home, but you still don't have that feeling, uh, you know, like, oh, it's home. We're going to do really good, you know what I mean? But we are on board. By the way, that Saturday – I loved how the Monday night stat kept coming up for Cousins. Did you notice Joe Namath is O? Mr. Clutch is O in six. And Archie Manning, who nice little ball player, uh, he he was O of five on Monday night. And some other dude's like one of nine, and I lost it. I forgot who it was, but I, that kind of cracked me up when I saw 
Mr. Clutch, Joe Namath. He must have been. That have been the night where he had the fur coat. He was drinking a little too much on Monday night, trying to holler at, at the uh, reporters and stuff like that. That must have been those nights. But um, it's just nice to get a W three in a row. Let's keep it going. We're still not going to break down any kind of playoff stuff just yet. Let's get by Dallas, can we? Let's get by Dallas. Okay. So the Golden Gophers, yeah. uh, defensively. Not too good. I'm going to read you something that you're not going to like because you're like, I yeah, know you have to. seen it. Yep, unfortunately, I do. Rushing yards allowed. Michigan, 256. Maryland, 281. Illinois, a win. A dominant win. 181 still gave up. And then last week, 235. That is Big Ten football in reverse right now. Right now as it speaks. Yards per play, 123 out of, you guessed it, 123. We're 112th and giving up rushing 238. I mean, wow. Wow. It's ugly. It's very ugly. It is. And like I said, I, you know, I didn't get to see this game. I had to work, but I did, you know, get my lights and a little durations of the game and it comes down to meat and potatoes Chris especially against Iowa uh, and probably against Wisconsin uh, against a team like Ohio State or Michigan uh, your fronts I mean you got pushed around and bullied by Iowa now didn't really see that last season although ultimately that's probably why we lost uh, last season but I understand the defense is young this season and I understand all the other quote unquote excuses or reasons uh, why an outcome could be like this, but I'm not down on the golfers because I think this is a weird season. I think that it'll probably bounce back, bounce back next season. That's my hope. But in this season, you want to see things and steady improvement. Like you're seeing from maybe like the Vikings defense, you're seeing guys step up, new faces, new names, things happening. And you're just not seeing that gives me a little bit of pause uh, for this squad but you know all those things aside um you got your butt kicked by iowa uh offensive line defensive line uh linebackers uh you couldn't run the football like you wanted to couldn't throw a lot of people are saying there's something up with tanner morgan i just think he's under pressure he's never seen before uh i think he will adjust but you know i don't know how iowa gets that tough like us to get that way because they just pushed them even worse than Michigan did. I mean, these guys just came in on both sides of the ball and just laid it to us. And you don't want to see that, but I think they did take that in, uh, that being the Gophers, and they understood how they lost that football game. And that's got to get fixed. I know you're young on the defensive line, like I said, but you know, they got to toughen up. They got to get stronger on both those lines and attitude wise. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the feeling is around Gopher Camp at this moment, but if they don't feel like they got their butts kicked, uh, I'd have a lot of questions for them. Yeah, no kidding. That's a good way to put it. It kind of feels like two years ago when we fired the, the coordinator, in those last four games we tightened up. I'd really kind of – that's what I'm looking for. Now, like excuses and all that, there's reasons and excuses. Um, and a lot of people are in the same boat. Clearly, our offense is doing a lot better, especially run game, even with bodies out. Um, 
because they had experience. Um, and, and, you know, go back to that. You know, it's not that they're so super young all the way. It's it's very inexperienced, too. So those freaking 14, you know, practices and three or two scrimmages in a in a bowl game or not a bowl game, but a spring ball game. And then a normal camp where you have two days and you're not just having to practice for like 90 minutes a day and stuff like that. Once school started, clearly we needed that time to get reps and we're now getting the reps in live action which is not a good look. And yeah, we have got hit COVID more so on the, the offensive line. That's kind of been, you could even see Oliver come in and he actually played good the week before, but um, yeah, hopefully we have that, that kind of close because um, you know, I'm not ready to, you know, get all too mad at him based off last year and in the depth, it was going to be, you know, it was going to be some interesting development on that side, the defensive side anyway, but especially this year, it really, you know, superseded that. So, it, you know, it is what it is. But I would like to see them tighten up. And I feel like they're going to rise. I mean, they're giving up 36 points a game right now. I feel like they're going to rise up to the occasion and have a competitive game with Purdue. They are, um, I think, two or three-point underdog. So it's not too crazy. Another thing, Aaron, they only, uh, they only run the ball. 63 time or 63 yards a game and they give up a fair amount so if we can keep what we've been doing is running the hell out of the ball if we can do that and then try to get some play action try to get the the defense guessing because you're right i mean mel i always thought mel kuiper uh, overrated morgan you know uh, being a second rated guy coming in this year that always threw me off the third rated guy but in a first round pick i just never saw that but you see the difference when your line's not as good. And all of a sudden you're like, well, this guy, look at his accuracy. He was one of the best quarterbacks to play in college football last year. But then if you don't got a good line and, you you know, the third down, third and long, it just, it's been ugly that way. However, I think we're going to rise to the occasion and play a tight, tight game with Purdue. Um, the thing is, Purdue – they're looking pretty good this year. I mean, they scored a, a later touchdown to kind of still make it a game with Northwestern. They played uh, Illinois tighter than us, but then again, they beat Iowa a couple weeks back. Um, and they, well, actually, that was last year. I was going to say they grinded it out with the Indiana squad. But it's so hard to pick them to win right now. You know, it really it is. is because of the defense. Yeah. You know, just like last week, I was like, oh, but the, I just don't trust the defense. But I do – I'm actually going to go maybe over, and this is crazy because it's – well, actually, I wonder what the temp's going to be up, but 62-and-a-half is what it is. That day – so, yeah, okay, so it might be pretty nice if it's not that windy. Man, I might go – they may be both in the 30s. So I'm saying 34-30. to 30, uh, Unfortunately, Purdue beats us. But I, I, I think we got a good chance of, of bouncing back and putting up a performance – that we have yet to see this year against a good uh, club, because that's not Illinois. You know, I'm almost right on the money with just about everything you said so much so that I don't really have a lot more to say than what you've already said, except for, you know, if the defense has another horrible performance, um, if they don't make a change of some sort, uh, I know it's a weird year. I know it's off, but it, it's a pattern. That's showing, and if you can't show me that you can fix that, 
I, you, you have the kids, I think, to, to perform a little bit better than they have performing, have been performing. So I'm not going to say Flex going to make a change or a, a coaching change or do something with Rossi or whatever the deal is, but you're going to have to figure something out because, like I said, points a game is not something that I think Flex can live with. Uh, and did not probably expect. But, you know, I'm going to be optimistic on this one, man. I think this is a game where they kind of tighten the, the ship up and they realize, you know, they got their butts kicked last week and uh, find a way to win this one. Uh, I'm not as high in the score as you are. I'm going uh, Gophers win like 29, 23, something in that ballpark. I don't think it'll be as many points as uh, the spread has. But like I said, if it goes the spot uh, 35 something's got to be done there i'm not saying it will be done but something's got to be done because you're proving that you can't fix a problem when you see it and that's a huge thing so uh i'm going with that i'm going to be optimistic i think they bounce back and win this one all righty well we got our vikings victory they're looking good it does feel better like i said to be at four and five any last words before we shut this puppy down? Uh, follow us on Instagram at Living in Loserville Podcast for old shows. We've got a litany of every show from this season. We have all the shows we did in the summer, uh, looking back at the Vikings of the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. We've got the year that didn't happen with the Golden Gophers and some stuff with Kevin Garnett. And uh, I've noticed that we've getting a little more action on that page, so that's good. Go ahead and get us some more. Follow us if you feel like it, and uh, all the links are provided there. All right, we'll be back next week. Take it easy. Go Vikings. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95.